Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Doubt on Tap After Show. Is this like season twenty-seven or something? Uh, Two hundred and fifty-two for sure. <laughs> so you yeah. can't you can't find the earlier seasons on uh, online anywhere though. No, they're all it, gone. Yep. Um, we are because we are moving. Uh, we've moved the Doubt on Tap After Show uh, over to Anchor.fm as our new podcast host, and uh, the reason is because. Anchor does such a fantastic job uh, syndicating this all over the place. Yeah. And uh, we love them. Yeah, we absolutely do. So, if you're listening, Anchor, we love you. We love They're not, but maybe they'll give us something for free, like a t shirt. Oh, that'd be awesome. Or a hat. T shirts and hats are good. I like t shirts and hats. So, anyway. Especially free ones. That's right. Hey, so it is the Down on Tap after show. We had week one of the new season. And uh, we are glad to be back. So glad to be back. And uh, we were at a new place. We spent our August looking for places, sort of. And, <laughs> um, so uh, we we hung out at the tap room this past week in the annex. It was a great location. Good cheap beers. Yeah. And um, I know some of the the other expensively priced vodka drinks. That's right. And gin apparently. And gin. Which yeah. gin is nasty. Can I just say <laughs> gin is nasty? But you, apparently when you dump a ton of lime juice in it, it's okay. No. No. The Todd <laughs> see the Todd, friend of the show, the Todd, he um he really likes this thing called a gin gimlet. And he made me drink one one time and it was disgusting. Horribly, horribly disgusting. Well you know what it tasted like? It tasted like what you would expect rubbing alcohol to taste like. I'm pretty sure no, that's what gin that tastes like. It was nasty. I, I tasted the one he had on Tuesday night. It wasn't that bad. It, I'm, probably because you'd already drank so much vodka. Probably. That it, <laughs> it didn't matter what you were going to drink at that point. <laughs> no, nobody yeah, overdrinks n- it down on tap. Nobody overdrinks. So, uh, but we do have super beyond exciting news. Yeah. Uh, about the future of Doubt on Tap. Yeah, we do. And uh, you sound enthused. I am enthused. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, you need to ratchet up the excitement level here a little bit because. Well, I just Googled the address for the tap room, <laughs> and and so I'm not prepared for. It doesn't matter because you know what? We're going to be at the tap room for one more week. In 201 West Michigan Avenue in Ypsilanti, downtown. And then. <laughs> and then. Do you know what's going to happen, Michael? I know what's going to happen. I don't think the people listening know what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that Doubt on Tap, you heard it here first, is moving to its new home. Cream and crumb. Yeehaw! And the reason is, just today, on what is it, September the 14th, Uh huh. they got their liquor license. Fan friggin' tastic. Because you know what that means? Old fashioned. That's right. Because Cream and Crumb is a, is attached, affiliated, and. Uh, to our other favorite place other in the whole world, Ollie's. Food and Spirits. That has That's the right. best bourbon old fashioned in and, the world. And some of the best food ever. Oh, yeah. Fantastic and, stuff. Oh, unbelievable. All locally sourced. And, and so what's so cool is. Uh, like we've been waiting for a private room to open up, right? Like to do a renovation and get a private room so that we can we can actually hear each other and have yeah, some yeah, room yeah. for for people to come in. Uh, but because Cream and Crumb now has a liquor license, we can rock it right here, and basically we will be the only people in the place. It's so awesome! It's gonna be legit, 
And so they're going to bring food over from Ollie Food and Spirits for us. We're going to be able to put in our drink orders. We'll be able to get the best old fashions in the history of mankind. Um, Life life is just... It's looking up. It is. And, you know, the best part is, uh, to me the best part is, is that uh, Patrick and Danielle were super excited to invite us to come and be a part yeah. to come be a part of that and it's yeah. just I'm just geeked up they, about it so they, they want us back they like us they do they really like they us do. they really do so anyway but I do uh, gotta say the tap room was really good oh the tap room was fantastic they, and you know poor, poor Justin our server over there had 23 people was there that there many? There was 23 people Why did there? we not split into two tables? Oh, that's right, because everybody has inclusion issues. That's right. But next week, we are splitting into two conversations. What? If anywhere close to that number yeah, comes oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've decided. I've made a c- control and command decision, Michael, that um, if we get 12 or more, we are splitting into two conversations. Twelve or more, like twelve or more, like the disciples more, number more than twelve, because twelve is a good number. Twelve isn't bad. All right, so more than twelve. More than twelve. We so split. if we go to the bad number, which is thirteen, <laughs> if we go to unlucky thirteen or above, yeah, we are moving into two conversations. All right. So you need to be prepared. I'm always ready. You're a dirty, rotten liar. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, super exciting news. I mean, guys, seriously, uh, Cream and Crumb is one of the best places ever. Ollie's is. is one of the best places ever. And it's going to be uh, 44... Uh, 44 uh, Cross Street. Yeah, 40, uh, 44 Cross Street in Depot Town in Ypsilanti, Michigan. So I, I next just, week, uh, last one at the tap room. And then, then we're, we're going to move officially new home move for in, the rest move of the season. Moving to Depot Town. It, moving uh, to Depot Town. Back, back where we belong. Depot yeah. Town is our home. And uh, so I just... Uh, Dude, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm kind of over the moon right now. Um, and maybe, it, maybe it's the pot of uh, Hyperion Prometheus, Prometheus that, that I've dr- <laughs> that I've that I've put down since we've been here. Um, Could be. Uh, but regardless, uh, man, just super excited. Great, great news. Yes, because that means we can we can order coffee and put alcohol in it, and it means we can order ice cream and put alcohol in it. We can we can dump alcohol over some amazing bakery if we really wanted to. Starting at eleven a.m., we can <laughs> start enjoying old fashions. That's right. And uh, man, a- anyway, all right. So on to important things. Yes. News of the day. News of the day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a witch. Are we doing this again? N- the doubt on tap people might be different from simple theology. We're not going to go full on. I'm just saying news of the day. Aaron Rodgers is a witch. He's in an official Facebook relationship with Chris Collinsworth, and you cried because of joy and sadness over Aaron Rodgers this okay, week. Okay, we'll just call that the summation. There you go. There's if the you, summation. If you, if you want to hear the full the full, the full witty go to, banter, go to the Simple That's Theologian right. podcast for this week. <laughs> so anyway, um, hey, uh, we are uh, we started this this season of Down on Tap uh, with a conversation about protest. And we did indeed. Uh, Nike, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, it was, it was a wide-ranging conversation. It was pretty good. Um, I was, I was pretty proud of everybody. We did, you know, nobody went too totally off the, off the rails, which was encouraging. Um, and honestly, the most exciting thing to me was. Just seeing a lot of people back who hadn't yeah. been to Doubt on Tap yeah. in a while. It was, it was encouraging to see, like, we took that, like, month and a half off, I think yeah. is what it wound up being. 
and and I, you know, I, honestly, I was wondering, okay, are we going to have 10 people or are we going to have six people? Is it just going to be me and you sitting there? Uh, and to have 23 people show up was just well, amazing. And, the, and, and what was even cooler is the next day, Yeah, I'm talking to some friends and they're like, dude, can't believe we missed it. Oh, I'll be there next week. Wow. It's unbelievable, man. Like, so at what point do we split into three conversational groups? When we have three groups of at least 13. All right. Simple as that. So right. if we get 39 people, we will have three tables of conversations. That's ridiculous. Do you see the math, how quick I did that? Really good. That's really good. I'm telling you, it's the Hyperion Prometheus Dark Roast. Hyperion. Makes you good at math. <laughs> maybe they'll sponsor us, and maybe each week we they'll give us a free uh, bag of beans. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, Life would be good. Anyway, um, so our, on to our conversation. Uh, just so you guys know, Down on Tap happens on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock. Uh, and moving after next week, uh, which is going to be at the Tap Room, which is at 201 West Michigan Avenue. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to be back here at Cream and Crumb, which is located at 44 Cross Street in Depot Town. And uh, it has four rules. Rule number one, everybody talks. Rule number two, everybody respects one another. Rule number three, we end in one hour. And rule number four, there has to be a moderator, which when we only have one table is me. When we have multiple tables, it's going to be me and Mike. And who knows after that? I, I know Tom's going to want a table. Maybe but major. We will, we will you know not what? allow that to happen. I keep seeing him wandering around in the background behind you. And really? so it is makes. He, is, he, is, he, is he. He's literally. In the alley? He's literally wandering around in the alley. So oh, I think that. Uh, I think there's a good shot that maybe. Um, maybe we'll give Tom his, his, his chance. If, if we get to if, 39 people. If we get to people, 39 people, we'll, so, we, we'll give Tom So all shot. of you listening to that, if we can get to 39 people, Major Tom will have a discussion table all on his own. That's right. I, I oh, would kind of pay money oh, to see that. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm having I'm having images. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so hey, those are the rules, and uh, in the discussion, the down on tap conversation is really a place for you to come and talk about the important things, things that matter, big ideas, with people who are really different from you. And I think that's one of the things that I most appreciate about and down on tap is that it's it is an eclectic group of people, people that are different from you, and people that are actually people. Not yeah. not uh, disembodied uh, avatars on the internet. That's right, because too much of our conversations about things that matter happen disembodied through pixels, and uh, and it's just not it's not how it's meant to be. Um, and uh, we have by and large lost the art of conversation and discussion, and uh, and it's and it's time to recapture some of that. And doubt on tap is one way that at least Mike and I are trying to foster that conversation in our in our local town. I think we're doing pretty good. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. Things are things are on the uh, look up. I think yep. so. Um, so anyway, uh, really do before we dive in. I really do want to encourage you to check out the Simple Theologian podcast. Uh, we will do some cross promotion. Why not? Because the Simple Theologian podcast is sponsoring the Doubt on Tap after <laughs> show. So, <laughs> um, but seriously, check us out there. Anchor.fm uh, slash Simple Theologian. Love to have you come check it out. Uh, you can uh, you can hear some conversations about spiritual and theological things there, and um, and then you can come over here and hear some other kinds of conversations. Uh, after this week, we are starting a new series here, a conversation series with with Doubt on Tap. Yes, um, sir. 
on uh, what did what did we say it was? Deep words. Deep words. That's right. So, uh, doubt on tap is going to tackle deep words. Uh, our first one next week will be justice, and uh, we're going to kind of look at at what that means. How does that apply to our lives? How does that impact our lives? How do we how do we engage with the idea of justice? And uh, too many of these deep words are being lost. And, uh, and, are, and are losing their meaning. And we want to try to counterbalance that a little bit and try to revive uh, some of those deep words, at least in our local contexts. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to have those conversations. Yeah, and it's not like justice isn't a word that's used. We use it. We just, it, it, gets, it gets labeled on everything. Like, it, like the word love. Yeah. I love pizza. I love my wife. What do I mean? That's you right. Know? That's right. So we're going to... We're going we're gonna to dive into some of those things, awesome. and uh, we hope that you will join us in person for those conversations. Um, and uh, as we record this podcast, you may hear some background noise and things. That's because we are recording on location at Cream and Crumb. That's right. If I see Patrick walk by, I'm, I'm, I might see if he might uh, dump a little something in my cup. There you go. Add a baby. A little Irish coffee. <laughs> a little Irish coffee. I like it, but it's... Yeah, I You know. got 20 more minutes, bro. Oh, never mind. That ain't going to so, happen. Um, so hey, uh, protests, Colin Kaepernick, Nike, and here's what here's what we're not gonna do. I, I'm gonna say one thing that we are not going to do. Number one, we are not gonna talk about Colin Kaepernick. Number two, what? we are not going to talk about Nike. What? Number three, what we are going to do is talk about protest and the concept of protest. And what protest looks like in the context of Christianity. All right, let's do it. So that's where we're going. So, Mike, I think when you, you you're right now, in the last week, you have read through Matthew, Mark, and the opening of John, correct? Yes, sir. And for those of you that, that might not know, those are gospels in the New Testament. Uh-huh. And they record the life of Jesus. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the things that when you read through the Gospels, that if you are aware of what's going on contextually, uh, you begin to see that Jesus was an absolute radical. Absolutely. So as you as you read through those in the last week and just kind of a you're not doing a deep study, but you're you're just reading them. Yeah. How how did you see protest played out on the pages of the New Testament? In a lot of different ways. I mean, there there are times when when the prote- protest of Jesus is played out in in Jesus responding to a question with a question that that shuts up the the powers. Um, Give an example. What, what is so when you say that? What does that mean? Because I think you know so, th- those are some okay. words that maybe we don't use. All right. So so there's uh, there are stories of Jesus where the Pharisees, who were the the religious leaders. Uh, come to Jesus and they ask him a question, trying to trying to trap him, trying to find a way to accuse him to 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 stop his movement, right? Yeah. Uh, and and they'll ask him a question like, uh, uh, "What what is the greatest commandment?" Okay. Um, and seems like a very important question, right? Uh, and and in that and in that case, he 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 gives he gives an answer: love right. God with all you have, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, one that I uh, that is in the um, I think it's in the Gospel of John. I, like I said, I did a lot this week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they ask, uh, by what authority 
Jesus? Do you do these things? Do you heal the sick? Do you do, you do your teaching? Uh, and, and, he's, and he answers with a question. Okay, they, they want to trap him. And he says, where did John get his authority? The, John the Baptist who baptized people and preached. And, and they, they stopped asking. <laughs> because because they didn't want to answer that if they it, because they knew John was held as a prophet by the people and so if they said not by God people would be upset and if they answered well God gave him that Jesus would say well why didn't you listen to him yep uh, so so there's there's that kind of piece and then there's then there's a piece where uh, uh, Jesus Jesus walks up uh, into the into the temple and he sees uh, people selling things. Uh, and he gets he gets upset, and he in in some cases he grabs a whip, and in other cases he just turns over the tables, and chases people out, uh, because they have they have made the the temple into a to a house of commerce, uh, uh, and and so a den of thieves. A den of thieves. Uh, so, so so there's there's very much that there there's there's that hey I'm just gonna ask a question that's gonna shut you up, uh, or make you seriously consider. Uh, coming back at, at this, or there's there's the I'm gonna drive you out with a whip and turn over your tables yeah. and uh, and that kind of thing. So I and mean, and, and there's and there's stuff that goes that, as, as far as Jesus being upset that there isn't a f- there isn't fruit on a fig tree and he curses the tree right. and the tree dies. You well, know? And then and then, the, all, and then you got the of, and then you've got the parables. Oh yeah, right. Where mm-hmm. which are always subversive and are cutting. Absolutely. And um. You have you have Jesus's interaction with Pilate, um, where he's, I mean, he's kind of ruthless there too. Like Jesus, yeah. one of the things that just absolutely amazes me about Jesus is that, you know, he wasn't crucified because he was a nice guy. He wasn't crucified because he kept his head down, and obeyed the authorities. Right. Right. And Jesus looked at the world around him, and said, "No, he raised this is a rabble. He did. This is unjust." And I, and I think. I think one of the greatest moments of one of my favorite moments uh, I'll say of Jesus's life and ministry is is when he enters Jerusalem for the last time uh, as a conquering king. But instead of coming in on a you know thoroughbred warhorse, he comes in on a donkey. Yeah. Um, unassuming and and yet the people recognize him for who he they is. They lose their flipping minds. They do. But then but then within within a few days those same yeah. people turn on him. Yeah. Because he wasn't what they expected him to be. Because he wasn't he wasn't doing it for them. He was he was living a life of protest against the powers. Yeah. Um because based in the context of what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, and what is right, and so, so I well, think it, in the, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, Jesus Jesus comes right out. The very first thing, uh, uh, very first sermon that Jesus gives in the Gospel of Luke uh, is in his hometown, uh, and and he reads from Isaiah about about uh, proclaiming. Uh, good news to the poor, release to the captive, uh, freedom for the oppressed, recovery of sight to the blind. That this, and and he he, he ends, uh, he 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 reads that scripture, and then the only line in the whole sermon that he puts in is he looks out at the people and he says, "This day, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." Yeah, uh, and, and they you know, lose really their humble, mind. really humble, right? Um, Truly, this this day, this scripture has been fulfilled. Uh, 
and and they weren't too happy with that. Uh, can't the, imagine why. The, but but Jesus from the very beginning is is about justice, is about good news for the poor, is about freedom for the oppressed. Uh, that's and, that's Jesus' mission statement. And and he is. And so when you start off like that, yeah, he's. I mean, he's the living. A, he's yeah. the living embodiment of protest against against the powers. Absolutely. And throughout Christian history, throughout the history of really throughout the history of the people of God, you see, you see them protesting, uh, whether it's you know Moses and the people uh, coming out of Egypt, um, all the way through. You know, into into the civil rights movement. Um, well, and part it, of part of the problem the church has experienced, uh, and and I and I think a big part of why we why we have ended up where we've ended up right now, is because with with Jesus it's supposed to be about the protest. It's supposed to be about the truth to power. It's supposed to be about um, the 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 subversive love of God, right? Yeah. Um, the good news to the poor, uh, the freedom to the oppressed. But there came a point in Christian history. Where the church became the power, and that's where we lose where we lose the protest. Where we lose the protest, and and we and we start to not want the protest because really what we want is to maintain power and and keep a, a quote unquote seat at the table. That's right. Not that we've heard that at all in the last couple of years <laughs> uh, about certain wings of the church wanting to maintain a seat at the table, and, and it's that seat at the table of power. And, and yet you look at, you know, you look at even like Jesus's temptation, right? Where the the everything was offered him, and he said no, and he turned it down. He moved, he started in protest, right? I mean, he came when he left the wilderness. He he left in protest to the powers of this world, yeah. and so, um, so protest, I think, is a significant part of what it means to to be a follower of Jesus, in that we protest against. Oppression. We protest against the powers of this world that seek to put down, destroy, um, limit human flourishing. Yeah, and it, it, this this is this is probably the most Jesusy episode of Doubt on Tap I think we've we've ever done. But because um, I, I don't I don't know how often we we get to to quote in the Gospels, but uh, but it is very true. Yeah. Um, and and in. But even outside of the Gospels, in our democracy, uh, in in the country in which we live, protest has has been our thing from the beginning. Uh, yep. Protesting uh, the uh, the first the uh, uh, monarchy. The, that's right. Uh, that darn king. Uh, yeah, and, and his uh, tax on and, tea. Uh, you know, th- yeah, throwing throwing uh, throwing tea into Boston Harbor. Uh, we we are born of protest. Isn't it? Isn't it funny? The, uh, do you find it I- not fun? Do you find it ironic that, by and large, the people who are screaming and yelling about uh, about how this is a Christian nation and how we need to get back to the Christian values of this nation are also the people who, by and large, hate protest. Or, or speak it, against the current protests yeah, that, that it, are that are going on is is, is that not ironic? I don't know if it's ironic. I mean, it's, it's ironic when we know when we when we when we view the the movement of Jesus as as a as a subversive protest. But you got to remember, we're dealing with uh, by and large a church that uh, remembers power. 
that still wants that power and and power power is only uh, power uh, power will never relinquish itself right, it, right. it's it's got to be uh, its hand has to be forced for sure uh, and that and that force comes through protest and so and so people who are trying to hang on to power christian or otherwise are not going to like protest yeah. because because it's going to ups it's 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 an attempt to upset the power structure uh, and it, and it's and it's stuff that needs to be done um, we just we we forget that we forget that that just because you move an inch protest moves things an inch in the right direction doesn't mean it's going to stay there yeah doesn't mean we're done um, but we, we, we protest and we protest and we protest and we, and we get the, a little bit of the thing that we want and then we, then we, we back off and then we realize, oh, hey, we, we really didn't get everything. The civil rights movement. Yeah. Uh, we, we end segregation. Uh, it's legal uh, to, you know, drink from the same water fountain and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. But we still, we st- we ha- we still have, have segregation just less overt we still have racism just uh, uh in recent years more overt but but typically less overt we don't understand the systemic aspect of things uh in general um i i can't count the number of times we've we've had to have the conversation uh, about white privilege and its existence um and and people who will deny it because because they had a rough childhood or because right. because life is currently kicking them uh, in the teeth in the teeth so and not to minimize those not things, to minimize uh, those things but, but but you still have you still yeah, have, absolutely. The, have the privilege and so we have we we have this conversation over and over and over again because people don't want to see it because it also if, if they see it um, if they realize it it means they have to do something about it which which in part is is relinquishing some of your power yeah. and some of your privilege absolutely uh, and, and so it's hard for people to do yep. people don't want to do it church or otherwise the people don't want to do it yep um, but we are born in protest the only way we are going to change things is through protest uh, and and that protest can take the form of holding signs and gathering with people and and stopping freeways and uh, you know holding up traffic or or uh, and also it can take a, a very a civil form in, in the way we vote and actually showing up yeah. to vote. And isn't that, I mean, I think, I think one of the things that, that I'm learning uh, about what it, what it means to protest effectively is amplifying certain voices, but then also using my own voice in a way that is powerful and effective, and oftentimes what that means is, um, is voting. It it, yeah. it is it it is taking the action that can actually bring about some change. Um, and, and then and then the last thing with that is realizing that the conversation with my neighbor is probably the best for me, right? For me as a middle-aged, middle-class white guy, the best way for me to protest the system is having the conversation with my neighbor that challenges presumptions, that challenges, um, you know, preconceived notions that they might have, that challenges uh, the way they think in a, in a winsome way. And so, you know, I, I think each of us have to figure out 
what what role are we playing in this? How are we engaging in this? What what is it that we're supposed to be doing in the midst of all of this? And and I think for each of us is going to look a little bit different. Um, I know you've been a part of some some different protests yep. in over the last couple of years. Um, that 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 wasn't wasn't what I was called to do, right? It wasn't that wasn't my my thing. My thing is is more that is more that ongoing conversation and fostering those kinds of conversations to force to force the conversation. Um, you've been a little bit more public in some of your protests, and in neither and, one. And I want to say that wasn't. Most of the time, when that happens, that's not that's not me seeking it out as no. much as it is it finding me. right. Oh, absolutely, um, and that's and I think that's an important I think that's an important distinction too. Um, and so I just so as I think as we think try to think about this Christianly, so to speak, um, I think we need to realize that a significant, critical aspect of what it is that we're supposed to be doing as as people who are following Jesus is doing just that following him and and when we look at his life and, and the trajectory of his life and, it and was one where he engaged the powers yeah. and challenged them and sought to subvert them and sometimes that takes the form of a conversation like with uh, Nicodemus yep that's uh, John chapter 3 for those of you that want to look that up uh the conversation with Nicodemus, and sometimes it's turning over the tables. Yep. Uh, and so sometimes it's telling a story. Yeah. It, it is. It, it, it varies. Uh, but the point of the matter is, is it's part of who we are. Yep. Um, as Christians and as, as uh, United States citizens, protest uh, of, of injustice is, is what we're about. Absolutely. The, 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 the taxation without representation... Uh, was an injustice. Yep. Um, so, so it's one of those things that that we need to reclaim. Uh, that needs to be a part of of who we are. And yeah, I may not agree with somebody's protest, uh, but they have a right to it. Sure. Um, and and I at least owe them some consideration in it. Um, yeah. uh, to to a degree, and we talked about appropriateness of protest. Um, you know, from uh, from uh, uh, pro life abor- uh, pro life um, protests that that show graphic pictures of aborted fetuses, or um, uh, neo Nazi white supremacist protests, and and are those things appropriate? Should we stop those things? That's 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 the difficult part of a of a democracy where where protest is what we're born into is that there are going to be people with whom we disagree and whom we disagree greatly and whom uh, many of us would say are just bonkers right um, but if we want to have the right to stand up for what we believe in um, it has to be a two-way street absolutely um, but that, but but that's why we also have we have counter protests yeah you know? and, and those and so all of my, that my favorite counter protest by yeah. the way uh, there's a YouTube video out there of uh, uh, a white supremacy march uh, and a guy walking along the sidewalk while they're walking in the street with a tuba playing boom, 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 boom. <laughs> just taking all the way down. It's so awesome. funny. I, you know, I think... Um, so, yeah, I, I think as we wrestle through these things, 
you know, we, we just have to embrace the reality that to be, to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus is, is that we would be following him to where he would be. And the reality is, is that he is going to, he's going to lead us into, into conflict with the powers, into conflict with, with those who, who seek to oppress and dominate and, and then, and then as a result of that, we have, we have to press into those things too. And so, um, so like you said, at the very least, protests need, need to be given a, a, an ear. And, and I would say that, you know, one of the things that we are also called to, and this kind of goes back to a conversation we were having earlier today, you and me on, on the Simple Theologian podcast, uh, this, this grace and truth thing, is that when, when we see protests that is that isn't truth based when we see protests that are um that aren't right that that we speak into that too in a sense we protest the protest yeah it, like you said the counter protest right yeah and um so anyway uh well and the and, and the best way the it, it, part of doing that uh, you know y- you have to listen to know what they're saying yep um, and sometimes that counter protest is the guy on the tuba, and sometimes it's it's opposing groups standing on opposite sides of the streets with their signs and, and and shouting their slogans. And sometimes it is that conversation with the neighbor who might be a white supremacist. Right. Uh, but if you're not listening, you can't counter, right? Yep. Uh, if you're not trying to understand where where they've gotten this idea from, you don't know how to combat it. Yep. Um, which which is why listening is important and, and understanding and respecting the basic humanity of everybody, even if that person doesn't uh, respect the basic humanity of others. It, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's seeking to, to have uh, that understanding sometimes uh, so we can, we can come together on an issue uh, and other times so that we know exactly what we're fighting against. Yep. Exactly what we're protesting against. Uh, and and no better ways and better arguments for uh, for for having those conversations. Absolutely, and you win the doubt on tap after show, my friend. Outstanding season two hundred and fifty two. I right. win. He wins. Hey, um, and, and with that, we would love for you to continue the conversation with us. Connect with me on Twitter at Daniel M Rose. I'm at Rev Mike UMC. And uh, you can uh, also connect with Doubt on Tap on Facebook at facebook.com slash Doubt on Tap. We're there, too, in our own, uh, in our own little ways. Own but, little ways. yeah, c- please connect. Please continue the conversation. Continue the dialogue. And if you found this podcast slightly interesting, make sure you rate us. Make sure you share us uh, because, man, it helps. And make sure you resubscribe. That's right. <laughs> and uh, more importantly, though, um, Come out on a Tuesday night. Be a part of the conversation. Eight o'clock Tuesday nights. Uh, one more week at the tap room, and then we move to our hopefully permanent home here at Cream and Crumb, at forty-four East Cross Street in Ypsilanti. So thanks Amen. for listening. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right. So hey guys, pass the bourbon. That's right. Pass the bourbon. Pass <laughs> the old fashioned. Hey, thanks for listening, and uh, until next week, I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are the Simple Theologians. I don't know. We crossed it. Well, wait, but yeah, because we're still a simple. We we just host down on tap. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a it's like an umbrella thing. It's like a thing. So we are the The Simple Simple Theologians. Theologians. Peace. Always got to wait for the peace. Mm